Welcome to another episode of A Word in Season from the Heavenly Manna Podcast Ministry. In this episode, let's dive into the lives of three contestants who have won gold in Tokyo Olympics. Contestant number one, Ariane Titmus. The Australian swimmer who won gold at the Tokyo Olympics when interviewed following her win spoke about the cost she paid to attain this great success. Ariane said she had removed all social media apps from her mobile and even went to the extent of minimizing her contacts with family so that she could relentlessly focus her efforts on winning and not to be overwhelmed by anything else. This resonates so closely to Apostle Paul's message in 1 Corinthians 9, 25-26 And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. While celebrating her win, Ariane also highlighted the huge role that her coach, Dean Boxall, had played. Jumping around from the viewing platform, cameras caught coach Boxall punching the air, screaming in joy and essentially air-humping the glass barrier in celebration. He could not contain his excitement and had captured the attention of the sports world. This reminds us of the importance for each sheep in the Lord's sheepfold to be connected with the shepherd of the flock, whom the chief shepherd, Lord Jesus Christ, has appointed for personal spiritual coaching, mentoring and nourishment of a fellowship, having a healthy relationship like Paul and Timothy as evident in the scriptures. Contestant number two, Simon Biles. The withdrawal of US gymnast Simone Biles at the Tokyo Olympics has been capturing news headlines across the world. Despite being considered one of the greatest gymnasts of all times, she withdrew from the individual final citing mental health concerns on safety grounds. According to her, her mind and body was not in sync, which could result in serious and life-threatening injuries. There are some great spiritual lessons we can learn here. To propel the progress in our personal spiritual lives, our mind, body, soul and spirit needs to function in unity. However, that's not the case often. When Jesus came to the disciples and found them sleeping, he said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Paul writes to Romans in chapter 7, For what I am doing I do not understand, for what I will to do that I do not practice, but what I hate that I do, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells, for to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find, for the good that I will to do I do not do, but the evil I will not to do that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is very evident of the internal battle that Apostle Paul went through in his spiritual quest for growth, holiness, and success. 
As children of God, we do not have to withdraw in our quest for the heavenly prize. Our Lord Jesus Christ has promised us a victory by operating through the power of the Holy Spirit in the Word of God, which is the double-edged sword which can penetrate deep into every realm of our spirit, mind, heart, soul, and body. According to the sports experts, this mental state encountered happens when instinct gets replaced by thought. Thought quickly leads to worry. Worry is difficult to escape. As a result, mind loses focus. It loses sync with the body. If we substitute the term instinct with faith, this captures the root cause of spiritual failures. Faith gets replaced by thought. Thought quickly leads to worry. Worry is difficult to escape. Peter walking on the water to go to Jesus is a great example of wavering faith. In the course of his journey, we read in the scriptures, Matthew 14, 30 onwards. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? Thought life is a major battlefield for a child of God. Our own fleshly nature can trigger thoughts that's against God's thoughts for us and about our lives. Satan can also plant negative thoughts that will lead to doubts about your justification, assurance of forgiveness and so on. Praying for protection and holiness in thought life and exercising the God-given authority and spiritual weapons to defend ourselves as defined in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 will enable us to pull down those arguments and every high thing that exalts in our minds against the knowledge of God so that we'll be able to bring those thoughts under the captivity to the obedience of Christ Jesus. The third contestant, Sidney McLaughlin. Paul's message was echoed again by world record holder McLaughlin, earlier this week, this 21-year-old is now the only woman in history to run under 52 seconds in the women's 400-meter hurdles. She said, records come and go. The glory of God is eternal. And I no longer run for self-recognition, but to reflect his perfect will that is already set in stone. I don't deserve anything, but by grace through faith, Jesus has given me everything. It is evident from her words that she has got the revelation of the temporary nature of all worldly achievements and the highest regard for the eternal prize and relationship she treasures with Lord Jesus Christ. Now to summarize the key seven lessons, number one, exercising caution in social relationships. In today's socially connected world, unless we are extremely cautious in our interactions with the society around us, there are chances of being distracted, psychologically overwhelmed, and lose focus from our life's crucial race to attain eternal life. Number two, don't allow even your own family to stop you from obeying Jesus. Many people are reluctant to obey and wholeheartedly follow Jesus as they are afraid of being excluded from their own family circle. Apostle Paul writes in Galatians chapter 1 verse 15 onwards, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Let's not get excluded from the eternal heavenly family by wasting our precious life on earth 
pleasing the temporary earthly family by disobeying Jesus. Number three, ensure to be under a spiritual coach who can give you personal spiritual care, who is well-versed in biblical doctrines and led by the Holy Spirit. As we read in Ephesians 4, verse 11 onwards, that Jesus himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors, that is, shepherds of the flock and teachers. For what? Verse 12 says, For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stretcher of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Number four. Attain spiritual unity in your body, soul, and spirit. Let's pray and receive the power of the Holy Spirit to attain spiritual unity, to propel our spiritual growth, and that our God of peace may sanctify us completely, that our whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lesson number five. Walk by faith and do not doubt. We saw when Peter's faith wavered while walking on water, he started to sink. But as soon as he cried out, Lord, save me, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. If you're undergoing a phase of wavering faith, call unto Jesus right away and he's faithful to deliver you and set your faith life back on the rock to stay. Lesson number six, conquering the battle against thoughts that lead to worry. Today, Exercise the God-given authority and spiritual weapons to conquer, as promised in the scriptures, power of God will help you pull down those arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing those thoughts under the captivity to the obedience of Christ. Do not allow this to progress into a worry phase that can derail your spiritual life. Final lesson, lesson number seven, set your mind about on the eternal price. Let's set our hearts on eternal perspective and let's not set our hearts on the worldly achievements like McLaughlin set an example be enlightened with eternity perspective as Paul wrote to Colossians in chapter 3 and verse 1 onwards if then you were raised with Christ seek those things which are about where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God set your mind on things about not on things on the earth for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God to conclude this podcast I would like to quote Apostle Paul in his letter to Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 onwards brothers and sisters I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. God bless you. Amen. (music) 